Hi, welcome to you, me, and TV. I'm Mike. I'm Gia. And today we're going to be talking about the pilot episode of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was created by Amy Sherman Palladino. If you recognize that name, it's because she's also the creator of Gilmore Girls, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. And the pilot episode premiered March 17th, 2017. And following the success of the pilot, Amazon picked up the series for a two-season order, and the first season was released on November 29th, 2017. The first two seasons are available now on Amazon Prime Video, with the third season expected to premiere later in 2019. And I'm excited for it because this is a good show. It's a great I'm show. I'm loving it. Yeah. Should we start off reading the uh, description, the Amazon description? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Winner of eight Emmy Awards. In 1958, New York, Midge Maisel's life is on track. Husband, kids, and elegant Yom Kippur dinners in their Upper West Side apartment. But when her life takes a surprise turn, she has to quickly decide what else she's good at. And going from housewife to stand-up comic is a wild choice to everyone but her. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is written and directed by Amy Sherman Palladino of the Gilmore Girls. Okay, so are we finished with this podcast now? I feel like they told us pretty they much went, everything. They we went all the way through. I was on description. Went, yeah. Was, <laughs> that was a lot of information there. All I'll, right. I'll say something as we're lo- reading all these descriptions. <laughs> Netflix, at first, I was I felt like I was critical of the descriptions because Netflix descriptions are always like kind of be quirky or funny. And, and they don't really tell you what They don't about. tell you what it's about. Yeah. They're, they, they're not really that accurate. And they're kind of like... You want to groan after you hear their jokes. Someone's having a good time writing those. Right. And then the Hulu ones were like pretty straightforward. But Mm -hmm. this Amazon one, they're like, first off, we won eight Emmy Awards. Let me put that (laughs) out there. (laughs) So, yeah, it's uh, it's very detailed there. Yeah. But uh, tells you what the show's about. Yeah. Yeah. And now we'll tell you again in more detail. That's right. Excellent. So (laughs) let's back it up a little bit. So we mentioned that the pilot premiered on March 17, 2017, but the actual season didn't come until a few months later amazon used to do what they called like amazon pilot season Mm -hmm. they would release like four pilots and i think people got to vote on yeah you could they at least gave their feedback and um you didn't have to be a prime member to watch them either oh right anybody could watch them and vote and then their hope was that you'd get excited about them and then sign up for amazon prime which by the way you should sign up for amazon prime you should definitely sign up for it it's like (laughs) a bunch of great benefits and then also you get all these shows that are streaming (laughs) we're not getting paid to say this it's just really nice that would be cool (laughs) if amazon was paying us because they have a lot of money and they could you know give us a lot of money right but they're not so Amazon pilot season, they don't do that anymore, but it was a really cool thing because I remember when these pilots were out and it was Mm -hmm. like, there was a few shows, there was none, we didn't watch any other ones during this pilot season, but I was like, let's try this Mrs. Maisel show. It's created by Amy Sherman Palladino and I know you like her. I've never really watched the Gilmore Girls. Yeah, so I was excited about it for that reason because I liked Gilmore Girls and you were excited about it because it's about stand-up comedy and you are a comedian. I'm a comedian. Well, I I do comedy. I'm not like a working comedian. I perform stand-up comedy. You've been paid to do comedy, I have been paid to do comedy before. you are a professional comedian. Yeah, and I I teach people (laughs) how to do stand-up comedy and improv comedy, so I was psyched for this show i was a little nervous at first because i knew it was about stand-up but Mm -hmm. the font on the (laughs) the title card it's like 
It's very... It's the girliest spot you've ever seen It's super girly. The name of the show is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It doesn't (laughs) sound like it would be a good show, or I guess it doesn't look like it would be a good show from those things, but of course I gave it a chance because the Gilmore Mm -hmm. Girls, but I would say I probably would not have checked it out had it not been that Gilmore Girls thing and and you wanting to watch it. And we saw that there was like an extended trailer for yeah, it. and it looked it fun. It looked really good. Based it, on yeah, that. it looks like a it's really just, beautiful movie. Yeah, it's like really high quality, like really well made. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it got huge critical acclaim off of that pilot, and it mm-hmm. got that two season order right away. Which I don't think that's typical for TV shows to just be like, "Hey, we saw a pilot. Let's take two seasons." Yeah, it's impressive. And when you watch this pilot, it really does seem like you're watching like a really good movie because it's kind of long. I think you said it was only like. It's about an hour. An hour, which is a little bit long for a show, um, you know, because there's no commercial breaks. But also, we just get a lot of information in that first episode. Well, you get a lot because it's uh, Amy Sherman Palladino's show, and they talk fast. Yeah. I remember somewhere seeing that they pack, like, three pages worth of dialogue into, like, where a show would normally have one page of dialogue because people talk so fast. Right. That's a lot. That's intense. So you're a big Gilmore Girls fan. Mm -hmm. Amy Sherman Palladino also did a show called Bunheads, which I think was on ABC Family or whatever that channel was called. Yeah, and I never watched Bunheads. I know my mom likes it. Yeah. So there's that. It wasn't as big of a success. No. As Gilmore Girls. And then she also, I'm assuming she had a big hand in the Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life. Yeah. That was a Netflix special. Yes. She was involved in that, yeah. But she hadn't had anything huge since Gilmore Girls. Right. I mean, Bunheads was a show, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't like a phenomenon or anything like that. This show was also a big hit with critics. Anyway, we're going to critique it right now, and we're going to break it down and Mm -hmm. talk about it. So, hey, let's let's dive right into the episode. Okay. All right, so it opens up at a wedding, Mm -hmm. and you've got Midge Maisel giving a speech. It's her wedding. She's the bride. She's giving a toast. Midge Maisel, played by Rachel Brosnahan, who I had not seen in anything else. No, um, but she's the niece of Kate Spade. I had no the idea. Designer, yeah. I hate it when <laughs> people are famous and then you're like, "Oh, this is a new person out of nowhere," and it turns out they're related to somebody famous. I, know. I yeah. don't like that at all. But I do like her. I like Rachel Brosnahan right, in yeah. this role. She's doing a good job. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think she was also in House of Cards briefly. Yeah, but we've never seen that. I never watched it. Mm-mm. Anyway, she's giving a toast at her own wedding. She's, she even says, who gives a toast at her own wedding? You can see she's very outspoken, uh-huh. fun, And that's like vibrant. the first line of the episode, I think. Yeah. And in her toast, she gives a little bit about her backstory, gives some exposition here, tells about herself, mm-hmm. talks about college. She went to a very fancy college, so we know this is a rich person. Mm-hmm. They had monogrammed butter pads. At her college. At her college. Mm-hmm. That's butter with letters on it. That's, yeah. That's fancy. Where the, the monogram was letters, like the school name. It was or, probably the school name. Or the individual student's name. That would be so intense. Imagine? I would love individualized butter. Yeah. I know you would love it. I would love it. Yeah. Love butter. <laughs> um, and she talks about how, you know, her life was all planned out. One mm-hmm. thing she says, I was going to meet a man, a perfect man. He would be six foot four and blonde and his name would be Dashiell or Stafford or, and then we meet Joel, Joel Maisel. Mm-hmm, that's and the guy she's just married. He's not 6'4". Yeah. He's got dark hair. Mm-hmm. But not like, he's not unattractive or anything. Is he's he like, attractive though? He's not my type, but I think a lot of people would probably find him attractive. So the guy who plays Joel Maisel, I think he looks a lot like this guy that was on The Bachelor a couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. He does. And I'm okay with saying that that guy from The Bachelor is attractive. 
and this guy, uh, when you know when you see two people that kind of look the same and one of them's good looking and one of them's not, it's like, oh, that's that's what you would look like if you were good looking. <laughs> kind of like on, and this could be controversial, I understand that, but on The Office in the first season when the lady came in to sell bags uh-huh. and it was played by Amy Adams. Yeah. And she was like a hot version. I think even Kevin says it. She was a hot version of Pam. Yeah. You know, kind of, you know, you see them next to each other and you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that's right. Right, but I don't think we're supposed to think this guy is unattractive. I th- he's not. He's not impressive though, like the guy that she described in her head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Um, and Joel's played by a guy named Michael Zegan, who I guess had a recurring part on the David Letterman show, like in a skit that was on. All right. A bunch of episodes of David Letterman. Cool. But this is the first time I've seen him. Um, I think he does a good job. Oh yeah, he, he is. This is a this is a show where. I don't want to get too far down the road, but like, I mean, we'll get to it in this episode, but Mm -hmm. this guy, you know, there's some trouble in the relationship Mm -hmm. and easily you could just kind of remove this guy from the story and all that, Uh but they don't. He he continues to stay a main character in it. And I like that because I'd like his character and I I think think, it's interesting. I think we're supposed to have complicated feelings about Joel. I think so. Get into that. Yeah. Later. So Joel... As they're talking, as Midge is talking about Joel, she says, oh, he took me to galleries, poetry readings, and Greek dramas. But mm-hmm. as she's saying that, it cuts to this flashback where they're at some sort of a strip burlesque club yeah. of some sort. And there's a topless woman dancing mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And then after that woman stops dancing and they bring someone else on stage, they bring in actually Gilbert Gottfried makes an appearance in this episode. Can I just say, every time I see... Gilbert Gottfried or hear his voice, I get chills up my spine. Like I'm scared because Gilbert Gottfried, I don't know if you remember this, is in a, an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which I is do remember it, the sort most of? terrifying TV show of the 90s. And he's like a scary guy in that. And so now whenever I see him or think about him, I'm scared. Wow. Yeah. I always <laughs> think of the Problem Child movies. He, oh, I've never I, seen that. I don't remember if he played a principal or, or what. You've never seen any of the Problem Child no. movies? Oh my gosh. We're going to have to watch those. <laughs> I don't Let know. Let me tell you that. what. They are fine. <laughs> anyway, um, Gilbert Godfrey's just a cameo there for a minute because he's uh-huh. introducing a comedian, and the comedian that comes out is Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce, if you're unfamiliar, Lenny, Lenny Bruce was a uh, somewhat controversial comedian around mm-hmm. that time. He was known for his edgy humor. I believe he got arrested sometimes for obscenity, maybe. I'm not sure. He gets arrested mm-hmm. in the show, so I'm just kind of assuming there. But he was like yeah. the edgy comedian of the times for yeah. his political and social satire and all that sort of thing. The actor playing him, by the way, is named Luke Kirby. There we go. Luke mm-hmm. Kirby. Yeah, and I do think he does a good job, although I feel like the weakest part of this show are the parts with him. Just, I think, because he's like a real-life figure, and so it kind of seems weird it's always weird when they bring in the imagination that these fictional characters are interacting with him right yeah that's always kind of a weird thing when they bring them in there but i don't think that's his fault i think he's doing a good job right yeah Mm kind of like and this is was the whole premise of that movie but if you remember um the movie midnight in paris with owen wilson uh and his characters interacting with like ernest hemingway and all that kind of stuff and i get that was the premise of it but it was weird it was like oh those are real people right Yeah. yeah it's a lot like that Sort of, without the time travel and stuff. Yes. Right. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Midge ends her speech 
by saying, and yes, there is shrimp in the egg roll. She's given the wedding toast still, which mm-hmm. that's an issue because these families are all very Jewish. Yeah, and I guess Jewish people can't have shellfish. shellfish? I, I believe so. Yeah. Although Tony Shalhoub, Tony Shalhoub is playing uh, Midge's father. Uh-huh. He, he like turns to the rabbi and he's like, show me in where it says you can't eat shellfish or something yeah. like that. Because I, I think he was maybe... I don't know if he was trying to save money for the uh, for the wedding. They kind of mentioned that a couple I times. Think he is. But they've yeah. upset the rabbi. That'll be kind of important uh-huh. uh, going forward a little be. bit. But that's pretty much the opening scene there. So that opening scene, Midge giving a toast at her own wedding. You get to hear a lot about her backstory and that sort of thing. So uh-huh. I, I like that as an opening, getting that exposition out there. Yeah, and you get you get just from that opening scene a really strong sense of who Marion. Maisel, Midge Maisel, she goes by Midge, that's her nickname, um, is, I think, that she's a funny person, that she's outspoken, that she's not easily scandalized, like I think a lot of people were, a lot of ladies in particular were supposed to be at that time, like um, when they're at that that Lenny Bruce show and, and at that strip club, like she's laughing, having a good time, whereas you know, a lady would be horrified, you know, <laughs> and also, you know, she's doesn't mind telling people that there's shrimp in the egg rolls, you know, she's a kind of a rule breaker. Yeah. And I, that's all a lot of important information that we get about Midge in that first scene. She's going to be a rule breaker mm-hmm. for society as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's what I would have wrote in the Netflix description. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next we see four years later. Mm-hmm. One thing I'll note here too is that there's no opening sequence for the show. Mm, yeah. A lot of shows have an opening sequence. This one does not, but we'll get to what it does at the opening at the end. Don't yeah. let me forget that. Okay. Anyway, um, we see a little title card there that says four years later, and we see Midge walking through the park. This is set in New York City, so I'm mm-hmm. presuming Central Park, but uh, you know, she's walking through the park. Yep. There's some music playing, the, the song playing. Uh, I think it's called On a Wonderful Day Like Today. Either mm-hmm. way, it keeps saying that over and over. And let me do a side note here about the music. My gosh, the music, this this whole show is a beautiful production. Very much, I wouldn't say it's like realistic in the portrayal of how people act and stuff because it feels mm-hmm. very old in how they're acting. Like they're kind of talking like this a little bit. Right. Um, but it's not too over the top. It's enjoyable. But the mm-hmm. music is all that old timey. This is set in like nineteen, the late 1950s. Yeah. New York, Upper West Side, Upper it's Class. rich people New York Rich City. people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll meet some poor people, but it's rich uh-huh. people. And the music is all fantastic. We were just listening to it earlier. We, we were listening to it at, at Easter actually recently. Yeah. And we were listening to it at our Easter dinner. And it just made such pleasant music. There's a soundtrack for season one and for season two. And they're both on Spotify. And mm-hmm. we, were, we were jamming on those. It's really nice to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the music on here. So... She's walking through the park. The music's playing. She goes to the deli. At the deli, she mentions to the uh, the guy, what do you call it, a butcher, I guess? I don't know. And yeah, I she... think the guy at the deli is the butcher. <laughs> and uh, that Yom Kippur is coming up. Uh-huh. And they got the rabbi to come to dinner at their at their place for Yom Kippur. It's very exciting. So she's getting some food for that Yeah, order. because they, she and her family have kind of been on the outs with the rabbi for the past four years because of her comment at the wedding that there was shrimp in the egg rolls. Yes. So they finally got the rabbi back on their side. This is big and exciting. Everything's coming up, Maisel. There you go. Everything's <laughs> coming up, Maisel. All right. <laughs> then the next scene, we see uh, Midge. She's at her apartment. She's making a brisket, 
and she's talking, I think she's talking on the phone with her husband, Joel. Yeah. Also, her apartment is the biggest apartment you've ever seen in your life. That's true. Well, her and apartment, fanciest. is her apartment connected to her parents' apartment? I think like. It's in the same building, maybe? I think maybe? parents live like a floor above them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it might be like an entire floor. I don't know. It might it's be. Very, these these are, are very big, fancy apartments. They're not tiny New York apartments. Uh-uh. Right. And so Joel calls. And he says he's got a stage time tonight at the Gaslight at 1.45 a.m. He's making sure that she's got this brisket. We'll find out what that brisket is for in a little bit. Then it kind of cuts to Joel in his office. Mm-hmm. He's got kind of a, you know, a fancy office. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to a client at that point of some sort. He's telling a joke. Um, it's not funny. It's not a funny joke. No. The client kind of smiles and nods and is like, ha that is a funny joke. But it's not a funny joke. Eventually, uh, Midge shows up, and they're headed out to the gaslight, although Midge does see Joel's secretary there for a moment, trying to figure out how Mm -hmm. to use an electric pencil sharpener. Right, the name of the secretary. And she can't quite figure out the pencil sharpener. She's not so bright. Not so bright. But Uh -uh. they're headed off, and they're going to the village. Mm -hmm. Greenwich Village. Greenwich Village, which is where they're going to go to the gaslight. On their drive there, I I mentioned earlier, everything kind of feels like a movie. Mm Mm-hmm. This, these shots as the music is playing and they're looking out the window, you see like people dancing in the street a little bit yeah. and everybody feels like they're performing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little over the top, it is, but, but it's very fun. fun. Yeah, very fun. I think it sets, people are like smiling at her. I think it sets yeah. the mood of this is like a fun, larger than life kind of show. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah. So they end up at the Gaslight Cafe. Do you want to talk about the Gaslight? Yeah, so the Gaslight Cafe, this is a real-life place um, in New York City that lots of famous singers, especially folk singers, have performed at, comedians. Um, If you've seen the movie Inside Lewin Davis, a lot of that movie is set at the Gaslight Cafe. There's an episode of Mad Men where the gaslight is featured it's the episode um from season one called babylon and it's when don goes out with his bohemian girlfriend midge and her friends whoa her name is midge too oh yeah that's (laughs) weird different midge yeah um one of our favorite bands of all time mike and my favorite bands is the gaslight anthem which gets their name from the gaslight cafe also a famous bob dylan album was recorded there live with gaslight is the name of the album yeah so when they get there, we see some music being played. It's kind of a folky kind of music. Uh-huh. Um, the, the name of the song that's playing, the group is playing, is called 16 Tons. Do you know? Did you know that song? Oh, yeah. I know that song. We sang it in choir in oh, high yeah? school. Mm-hmm. You sing it for us? Nope. I'm oh, not going man. to. <laughs> One cool thing about watching thing on, things on Amazon is like if you pause it, it'll tell you the like IMDb information for all of the actors and also the names of the songs that are playing. Yeah. It's very exciting. It's very nice. One thing I'll say about it, though, is sometimes it gives away spoilers. Yeah. There's sometimes when you're watching a show, if you pause it, like if there's a character on screen that you don't know, that's like... I don't know. Like that they're going to be like an important A significant character, character or, or like somebody's brother and you didn't know that and it's yeah. like listed and they have the same last name or something. Yeah, so sometimes it can be a spoiler. So just be careful with that. Future. Yeah, <laughs> that happened when we were watching like, uh, it was that The John show. Krasinski show. Yeah, what what is that called? That's also on um, Amazon. Yeah, I don't remember. That John Krasinski show that's like uh, Jack at, Ryan. Yeah, Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan yeah. yeah, it like gave away this was like a young version of the villain or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, spoiler alert, maybe for the pilot of that. Right. (laughs) Anyway, when he shows up, or when uh, Midge and Joel show up at the gaslight, 
Midge goes over to uh, Susie. Susie is played by Alex Borstein. Mm-hmm. Alex Borstein is, she's in Family Guy. She does the voice of a... Uh, Lois. Lois, and she was also on Mad TV back in the day. Yeah. She was uh, Miss Swan on Mad TV, if you recall that sketch. She also has a bit part on Gilmore Girls All as right. uh, Drella, I think her name is. She she plays the um, harp at the Independence Inn where Lorelai works. She was Amy Sherman Palladino's first choice to play the role of Suki, who's a, ended up being played by Melissa McCarthy. She couldn't play that role because of her commitment to Family Guy. Huh. So... They finally were able to really work together on this show. Nice. And Susie is sort of, she runs the gaslight, but there's a couple of people that run it as well, and she helps with mm-hmm. the booking and things like that. But she's a she's a gruff, tough individual. Yeah, she's very different, very different looking and from a very different world from Midge. Midge, we didn't really describe how she looks, but she kind of looks like the perfect 1950s housewife, yeah, right? She's like so. very pretty, very well put together, very competent um she's got everything going for her and Susie's kind of like from the wrong side of the tracks no no makeup right often mistaken for a man yeah and um I think she's okay with that yeah so the brisket that Midge has um that she was making earlier Uh is to sort of bribe the people that work at the gaslight to get Joel to a better time slot because yeah. Joel's going to be performing some stand-up comedy. Yeah. And he doesn't want that 1.45 a.m. time slot because he nobody would watch him then and he can't do a good job and all that kind of stuff. And it pays off because mm-hmm. Joel gets an earlier time slot. So Joel now, he's going out to do his stand-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's wearing like a, a black turtleneck sweater. Oh, yeah. Which is different like than the shirt and tie that he was wearing look. at work. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, he does uh, he does a stand up set. It's decent. You yeah, know, the he's audience talking is about, into it. Um, Abe, Abe Lincoln. Yeah, he's talking about if Abe Lincoln. I guess there was a book about ad men from Madison Avenue around the time, uh-huh. and so he's talking about what if Abe Lincoln had to get uh, his. I, I guess he was. Cr- what if his persona was going to be created by those ad men? And he yeah. does this whole bit, and it's it's not actually very funny it's okay it's fine it's an okay bit <laughs> right you're like all right for okay the time, i get it that's what was funny sure yeah um and we also get i think we get the sense that um one of the things that midge was attracted to about joel is his sense of humor mm-hmm. um that's what made her choose him over these the six four blonde men that she right. had originally dreamed about is um he's a funny guy he's fun yeah i think he even says in one of the flashbacks when they're she's talking about her past that he wants to make her laugh mm-hmm. always so mm-hmm. as he's doing his bit uh, midge is taking notes she's like she's proud you yeah she's, she's having proud? a great time she's proud um she's taking notes on how the crowd is receiving his act and what he can maybe do better she's kind of like jotting down some little one-liners of her own that she thinks might go over well right. that she's going to give to him. Exactly, right? yeah. But one thing she does notice is that Susie, Alex Borstein's character, is kind of off to the side, sort of shaking her head and, and that sort of thing. She doesn't really understand why, and yeah, we'll come back to that. Yeah, everyone else is laughing. The audience is laughing. They like Joel's act. Right, yeah. And in her critique, in uh, Midge's critique, when she's talking later in the car with him, she says, you got three more laughs tonight than you did last time. And a couple of, ex- of extra like laughlets, mm-hmm. so she's really, really paying close, she really close attention. It down. Yeah. <laughs> Later on, they're back at the apartment, and Midge and Joel are going to sleep, and we learn, you know, she really breaks down that stand-up set, and we really see in this next part that she's very like 
detail oriented and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's a key component of her character. <laughs> yeah. And so after Joel falls asleep, then Midge starts getting ready for bed and she puts all the cream on her face, puts her mm-hmm. hair up in curler things or mm-hmm. whatever they're in. And uh, and then she goes to bed because she doesn't want him to see her kind of doing that whole process. Right. He, She wants him to think that she goes to bed looking perfect, gets up looking perfect because she, she sets an alarm for before his alarm goes off and in the morning and she goes and um, wipes the cold cream off her face and does her makeup and lets her hair out and makes herself look perfect again and then pretends to go back to sleep and let Joel wake her up after his alarm goes off. So um, she's kind of creating this facade for Joel where everything in his life is perfect and yeah. she's perfect. That's, yeah. She's working hard. She puts a lot of work into this. He's, I hope he appreciates that. I hope so too. <laughs> um, the next part we see, it's this next day now, um, the song playing, It's a Good Day. It's a good day for something, something. I don't know the words. That's a song I sang in music class too. Last week we talked about Turn, Turn, Turn. I sang in music class. Yeah. And how we, that was like the teacher was so excited because it was a real song. Mm-hmm. Um, but normally we sang all this junk like It's a Good Day, <laughs> which I guess maybe is a real song too because it's showing up on this. but. Ugh, yeah. I said to the sun, good morning, sun, rise and shine today. It was the dumbest song. I, I, I don't like it. But uh, that's what's playing, and it you know sets it up as an exciting, good day. Mm-hmm. Um, Midge goes to her parents' apartment. We realize, we realize that she has two kids, mm-hmm. and they were staying with the grandparents there. A little there. boy and a baby girl. Right. Yeah. Um, we see that Midge's mom is... You know, maybe not sort of as detail oriented um, like Midge is with regards to like the looks and all that kind of stuff necessarily. But she's oh, also kind of she, she is she's a perfectionist. Yeah, like she's also a perfectionist as well. So yeah, yeah maybe she because is the same. The mom kind of way. is very concerned about the the baby girl that she, her forehead is too big. Yeah, and she that says she's not uh, a very pretty girl. That forehead is not improving. <laughs> yeah, she also in the I think it's in this scene she tells Midge that there are like what, six to nine months left on Midge's arms? I think there's something before, like that. Apparently before they start to look not hot anymore. I guess so. <laughs> so um, she wants Midge to work on that. <laughs> she also says, um, as far as Joel's stand-up goes, she says, I still don't understand this whole thing. Who is he performing for? Yeah, which is very much something that your mom would say. <laughs> she would say that, you know? I mean, she she didn't say this about the podcast, but it was what I anticipated, you know, yeah. that she would say and who's gonna listen to that which uh-huh. you know i really don't have an answer for that i don't well, know i think she's still stuck on the what is a podcast yeah part of it. if she yeah. knew what a podcast was she would have more <laughs> questions yeah. because she would be like well there's a lot of podcasts why would anybody listen to you guys right <laughs> <laughs> so but uh you know joel is doing it for himself he's doing it for fun yeah at well, least that's what midge says midge midge <laughs> believes that that's what they're doing they're doing this for fun she right and joel Mm-hmm. Next, we'll see Midge in her apartment. She's got her friend there uh, with her, and uh, Midge is like measuring her thighs. Yeah, and every part of her body, she's like measuring and having her friend write down like how many inches everything is. She wants to make sure she's symmetrical and uh-huh. perfect and all that kind of stuff. Uh huh. And her friend asks if she did this even when she was pregnant, and she says, "Yes, she's been doing it every day for ten years." Do people do things like that? I sure don't. I mean, I people step on scales, I guess, but yeah. measuring all I'll, that kind of stuff. I'll say Midge has a little baby. I also have a little baby. I do not spend any time measuring myself. <laughs> I don't know how she finds the time to do any other things she does. Well, we, they've got they've got like 
uh, what do they call them? Like maids or whatever, that's housekeepers true. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but but we're obviously supposed to be very impressed with everything that Midge is able to accomplish and hold together, right? Right. Yeah. Nanny, I think is the word I was looking for. <laughs> Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as they are hanging out, the TV is on and mm-hmm. we see the Ed Sullivan show is on. Mm-hmm. Bob Newhart is performing some stand-up comedy and Midge is shocked to see that Bob Newhart is performing Joel's stand-up routine that he just performed the other night at the Gaslight. Yeah, she's shocked. She thinks Bob Newhart must have like stopped by the Gaslight and seen Joel's set and um, copied his act. So she like goes into the kitchen and tells Joel, she's very angry, tells him Bob Newhart is doing his act on Ed Sullivan right now. And you would think Joel would be stunned and angry about this but how does he react yeah he doesn't really say anything at first he's kind of he's being a little coy about it Mm -hmm. and then he finally says that everybody steals everybody else's jokes when they're when they're first starting off Mm -hmm. and midge is like confused by that because that doesn't make any sense (laughs) (laughs) at all and but he kind of sticks to it and he's you know that's what he says is happening here he's just kind of starting she's like but yeah. don't you i thought i guess and i thought you wrote that to act. clarify he's not saying that bob newhart stole his act he stole right. bob newhart's act yeah yeah <laughs> which okay so i do some comedy from time mm-hmm. to time yep. this is not a thing <laughs> i mean no? maybe it was a thing you don't steal somebody's stand-up back you might use someone's monologue for like a performance but uh-huh. you would credit them right for that yeah that's or even if you were doing somebody's like act you would credit them as their you're doing their act like uh-huh. that's not really a thing but it could be if you were like in a high school talent show or something it seems very <laughs> weird it seems very weird to midge too but she's like especially because she's been giving so much critique and so much thought to his uh-huh. jokes and all that kind of stuff and he like explains well i i put my own spin on it and she's like i yeah i guess you did uh-huh. but yeah it's it's very much disappointing and like we said before that was what attracted her, her yeah. to him was his humor and that sort of thing yeah but she kind of she accepts it she's like oh yeah okay she didn't realize that that was what was happening, but all right, she's going to go with it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so the next scene we see, it's kind of similar to the scenes from before where Midge is at home, Joel's at work, he's performing at the gaslight again, he needs the brisket, but mm-hmm. he's a little and stressed out this time because he didn't get a time slot at all. Yeah, and because their they're friends, um, a couple of their friends are going to be going to the gaslight to watch him perform, so it's kind of like high stakes tonight. Mm-hmm. And... Right before they head out, too, she, uh, Midge looks at the baby and said, uh, oh, your daddy's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now let's measure that forehead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of little jokes like that. So this show is definitely a, it's, you know, it's telling a story in mm-hmm. a dramatic type of way, in a very, like, kind of old, timey kind of way. But it is, there's a lot of jokes in there. Yeah, and it's also a show that you have to watch several times before you'll get all the jokes because they're just coming at you like rapid speed. It's a lot to keep up with. Yes. So anyway, in that evening, Joel is very stressed out because he doesn't have a time slot Mm -hmm. because Midge was running a little bit late. Uh And they're in the cab on their way to the show. His sweater, his like very... uh his black turtleneck sweater has holes in it Mm -hmm. um and he's like how does this happen and midge is like it's a moth and he's like what moth and she says ted ted the moth dime size holes that's his signature kind Mm -hmm. of being funny with a little quick right there is very quick-witted she can come up with a joke just on the spot right Mm -hmm. so when they arrive at the gas light midge tries to get a slot for joel 
their friends that they brought by are talking and they're like, I think that's Allen Ginsberg over there. And then Joel's like, everybody here looks like Allen Ginsberg. <laughs> I didn't even catch that scene. That's one of those oh, yeah, rapid fire yeah, hey, there you, you gotta go. watch out for. Um, <laughs> and uh, the performances that are happening too, I think are pretty funny in this part. Um, we kind of see a group go up to perform and you hear them say, who here likes hillbilly polka? <laughs> I don't think we actually hear any of that hillbilly polka, uh, mm-hmm. but the next person thank that we goodness, see, we don't. thank goodness, the <laughs> next person we see is a, a poet that uh, is up there doing a, a poem about Spokane. and uh, <laughs> Spokane, Washington, Spokane, right? Washington, <laughs> and it's just, the poem is just Spokane, 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 man. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like you can see the friends that are not the uh, this kind of people. Yeah. I guess they're not like uh, beatniks or whatever. Yeah, they're kind of like smiling and nodding to yeah. all of this, but it's clear like this is not their scene, and these are Definitely like the worst not. acts up there. Uh-huh. Uh But Midge is able to get Joel a good time slot, and Joel is up next. Mm-hmm. And so Joel goes up. He's a little bit uh, flustered. Yep. Because his sweater has holes in it. Mm-hmm. That throws him off a little bit, and. Midge had mentioned, like, maybe you should talk about the sweater on stage. Mm-hmm. And so he starts to kind of talk about the sweater, and uh, it's it's not funny at all. He tries to retell what Midge said earlier about uh-huh. Ted the Moth, and it's just it's just not funny. It's not doesn't translate into any sort of joke yeah. at all. And the friends are like, oh, he's very avant-garde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just being polite. They're trying to think of the right thing to say to right. make them feel good about this. And he transitions into that Abe Lincoln joke from before, but he's so flustered. He's not mm-hmm. doing the right setup or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, it's not good timing or he, anything. He totally bombs. Yeah. Now, usually when you're a comedian, if you bomb, mm-hmm. that's usually a good thing just mm-hmm. because you need to bomb a little bit to realize like, how to how to make the jokes better, you know, mm-hmm. what worked, what didn't work, you know, because if you bomb, it's it's your fault. It's not the audience's fault. Mm-hmm. And um, I personally have never really bombed, but I really haven't done stand-up that much. I kind of bombed one time, but I wasn't really like that. Eh, yeah, I've never uh, really. I've never, and I've never seen you bomb, but I will say I've all, I'm always very nervous whenever I watch you do comedy. Like I'm oh, yeah? nervous for you. Like, At this the point, audience. it's like, it's like nothing when I do it. I guess there was one time when I used to do improv in mm-hmm. college and we did a show. The audience, it was, I just said it's never the audience's fault, but like the audience, <laughs> this was at, so we, we went to Ohio University mm-hmm. and they had just like redone the student center and mm-hmm. the place where we performed, it wasn't like that conducive to performing improv comedy. Yeah, so. they went Oh, you went from having like a really cool student center. Actually, yeah, we went from having, having like a place to perform that, that was kind of like, looked like the gaslight. Yeah, right? it looked like that. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it was all like wooden uh-huh. and, and like just very like hip and that yeah, sort of and thing. And they went from that to having one that just looked like a mall. Yeah, kind of like a mall. <laughs> There's a lot of escalators around. Yeah, it was like fancy and cost a lot of money, but right. um, it was not cool. And so the whole like area where we were performing was like a big open area and like people were talking and yeah. things like that, not paying attention, but like, that makes sense because it was such a big open area. Mm-hmm. But I do remember like afterwards when we kind of went back into the hallway where we get ready and had our stuff. I remember I was like very angry that we didn't do very well. And I like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I bit into the wall of the hallway on the second floor of the Baker Center at OU. And uh, last time we went there in like 2013 or 14, I went to go look to see if my teeth marks were still there and they were. 
I've never heard this story before. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure we went there. Like last time we were there, I was like, let me just run over here and look and see if my teeth marks are still here. I don't remember that. So I hope they're still there. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? That's my legacy. But it wasn't really a bomb. But it is tough when you're on stage and people are not laughing and your goal is to make them laugh. It's not good. <laughs> and the ride home after Joel's set, mm-hmm. Midge and him are in, in the taxi there. They're like silence. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you told me to talk about my sweater. And she says, I know. I just thought you'd put it into some sort of joke form or something. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like very upset. He's blaming her for this sweater and for that joke that she told him to tell. And for her being late, he's really putting everything on her. Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't seem fair. And that kind of transitions into the next scene. Uh Uh-huh. So they're back at their apartment, Mm -hmm. and Joel tells Midge, I have to leave you. Mm -hmm. He's packing a suitcase. He's packing her suitcase. Yeah, and she goes, you're going to leave me with my suitcase? Mm -hmm. That's, That's harsh. Yeah, and she's very confused about what's happening. Why is he packing up just from having like a bad night right? yeah but he, he explains right and he says mm-hmm. did you ever think you're supposed to be something and you suddenly realize you're not and she goes yes married <laughs> yeah. yeah and he's like you you're good that was good like that was a good joke he's he yeah. says he like is kind of acknowledging there that she is funnier than him right yeah because it seems like this whole breakup that is happening out of nowhere is because he bombed this night because he's realizing he's not funny. He maybe is even a little jealous of her because she is funny. Yeah, and I think this is all coming from the other night when she realized he was doing Bob Newhart's set and that he wasn't really the funny one. I think he's kind of dealing with that shame and not being able to live up to the man that she wants him to be. Right. Right? I think he's been feeling a lot of pressure to be this perfect and hilarious husband because she's a perfect and hilarious wife. Yeah. And, and and like we mentioned before, it's sort of a facade, the perfection, you know, the, the like going to bed after him and, and doing the cold cream and stuff and then getting up before him and making herself look perfect. So she's kind of been putting on an act for him, right. but he is buying into it. And um, it's kind of having the opposite effect from what she would want where where it's like pushing him away from her mm-hmm. instead of endearing her to him. Right. Also, on top of all of that, he's having an affair with his secretary. Yeah, with... <laughs> with Penny with Pan. Penny Pan. Oh, my goodness. And, and that is kind of adding insult to injury for, for Midge because Penny is really dumb. Really dumb. Yeah, and um, as Midge will say later, not even that pretty, so... Why is he interested in this other girl? Yeah. That doesn't seem to have anything to offer. And I think that's the reason. She really doesn't have much to offer. So Joel feels better about himself when he's with her. Right. Mm -hmm. So Joel is doing Mad Men things at work. Last week we talked about, I wonder (laughs) if the dad from the Wonder Years is doing Mad Men things while he's at work because he comes home so angry, doesn't seem to And by the way, Joel has a very Mad Men-esque office. Yeah, he does. Uh Yeah. So the next scene is later that night. So this is all kind of this whole next couple of scenes here is all taking mm-hmm. place the after, same night after she gets dumped yep. and after his bad stand-up set. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to tell her parents, she goes to her parents' apartment and mm-hmm. she tells them, and again, her parents, we've got Tony Shalhoub playing her dad. Let's mm-hmm. just pause for a minute. Tony Shalhoub, man, <laughs> I love him. I Oh man, he was in Monk. 
He was in Wings. He's probably been in other stuff. Dude, Monk is also up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Monk is also on uh, Amazon Prime too. So you should get that. I just said, dude, Monk is also on Amazon Prime. <laughs> wow. What am I doing? <laughs> but you know, I get, I get, yeah. I get excited. But I think Tony Shalhoub might be my favorite part of this. He's show. really funny. He's yeah. like legitimately very, very funny. Yeah. And then the mom. Um, the actress who plays the mom, she was also on Two and a Half Men. Marin Hinkle is her name. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. she played Alan's ex-wife. I never watched Two and a Half Men. Me neither. Right. Anyway, um, Midge tells her parents, Tony Shalhoub. What's Tony Shalhoub's? What's the character's name? I don't even know. Uh, but, uh, well, he's very upset. Her father's very upset. Her mother is very, very upset as well. She's nervous because Yom Kippur is coming up. And are they going right. to, you know, we can't tell the rabbi about this, you know. And, oh, uh, Abe. Abe. Abe is his Abe name. Is, Abe Weissman. There we go. And Rose Weissman. Excellent. Is the wife. Oh, Rose mm-hmm. is also my mother's name. Yeah. Hey, there you go. And uh, they're very nervous, upset, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because people didn't get divorced back then. Right. Yeah. Abe even says, when you first came home with him, talking about Joel, that night I looked at you, I asked, is this the choice? Is this the choice? <laughs> <laughs> because he has he says he never liked Joel. No, he thinks he's a weak man. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, they are bummed out, and and of uh-huh. course Rose is just concerned about what everybody's gonna think. Yeah. So she wants to lie to everybody, including the rabbi, about why Joel's not gonna be at their Yom Kippur, Yom Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur dinner. Could be Kippur. <laughs> I don't know. Kelly Kippur. Kelly Kapoor, no. Kipper. Remember the show Kipper? It was like a dog. I never really watched show. it. I didn't either. My sister did, I think. Hey, there you go. Yeah. I don't think that's the right pronunciation for Yom Kippur, well, though. I'm just going to try not to say it again. Hey, there you go. So <laughs> anyway, Midge goes back to her apartment. She starts drinking. She grabs a bottle. She starts drinking. She is in her nightgown and what I thought was a robe, but I think later on they say it's actually a jacket from like Saks Fifth Avenue or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, she's drinking. She decides to head out, and here she is just in her nightgown and a jacket holding a bottle. As she's walking out the door, the doorman says, it's miserable out because it's raining, Mm -hmm. and she says, it's miserable in there too. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, she just wants out, and she goes, well, she kind of gets on the subway, Mm -hmm. but she goes to the gaslight. Yeah, well, she's on a mission to get her Pyrex back. That's right. Yeah, her um, Pyrex that she had brought food for um, the owner of the gaslight in so that she could get Joel that better time. So she goes back to the gaslight to get that Pyrex. And when she gets there, there's a performer on stage, but eventually they go off stage. The guy calling up performers needs to go get a set list. And as the stage is empty, Midge goes up on stage and just mm-hmm. kind of starts venting about Joel and about how he left her. And it's like, this is what you wanted to be up on stage mm-hmm. alone. She's just kind of like mumbling to herself. But people sitting in the audience like don't really know what's going on. And they're like asking her to kind of like speak up because they can't hear. So she kind of grabs the mic and then starts talking to them. Still kind of ranting about and, what just happened to her. And in her rants, it, it comes across like a very well-crafted stand-up act mm-hmm, it's very funny and it's like, funny tbs very funny whoa that's very <laughs> funny i know <laughs> <laughs> because she's a character characters welcome characters welcome usa <laughs> and <laughs> we're so stupid and uh <laughs> no the audience loves it they are into it uh-huh. um she's getting into it yeah and um you can see now like oh man she is funny and you can see that mm-hmm. that she's got talent here as yeah she knows what she's doing she knows how to like 
read and interact with the audience yeah. she has excellent comic timing she's just able to like spin everything that's just happened to her into like a very funny narrative just off the top of her head and one thing that i like about this show is the stand-up comedy especially her stand-up comedy in here mm-hmm. is actually funny yeah and i think that's a weird thing about shows because it's like if they're doing stand-up comedy within the show like you would just think that maybe it won't be as good as real stand-up comedy because mm-hmm. then it would just be real stand-up comedy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when they have songs in things, yeah, like original like a, songs. a lot of pressure for it to be really good. Right. Like if you were supposed to believe it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like in uh, in That Thing You Do. That's what I was thinking. Like the song in That Thing You Do is actually a really good catchy song, right? <laughs> yeah. But it, there was a lot of pressure to make it that way. Because it has to be or else yeah. it's not believable. Uh-huh. You know what? I just realized I forgot to use my own eaters joke when we were talking about the Wonder Years. I was going to oh, say yeah. uh, the original uh, title of the Wonder Years was actually the Oneater Years, but everybody got confused. <laughs> well, it was Wonder, but with a one. Eh, all right. I'm sorry. That was unnecessary. But anyways, no, the stand-up comedy is actually legitimately funny. Mm-hmm. Um, one good thing about this show, too, as it goes forward throughout the season, you see her developing her act and trying different things. It's really good, especially yeah. as someone who performs and teaches comedy. It's like, wow, this is really a good way of showing the process of how comedy comedians work yeah because like in future episodes we'll see her like try out different jokes like different punchlines for the same joke and um work on the timing of things and um you really see how things come together into a good set of jokes right so as she's doing her performance um one of the things she's venting about is penny pan Mm -hmm. and how penny pan is not even that good looking which Mm -hmm. she actually is pretty good looking but Mm -hmm. uh and Rachel Brosnahan is also very attractive. Yeah. And so she's talking about how she's better looking. And then she's like, well, maybe not right now because I, you know, I'm in my Been nightgown and all, all that night. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then I feel a little bloated. And mm-hmm. she kind of like holds like a server tray in front of her face and her like stomach area. Uh-huh. And she's like, but this area right here in between here, this is pretty good. And then she flashes the audience. Yep. Yep. And, uh, at that moment, some police come in and she is arrested. Yeah, because she's per- performing without a burlesque license. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have a license that. for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she's arrested. She's put in the back of a police car with none other than Lenny Bruce. Yeah, that's interesting. But um, among the uh, the crowd at the Gaslight, who are clearly loving Midge's impromptu act that she hadn't planned on being an act, is Susie, mm-hmm. who is appears to be really stunned by what's happening in a good way. She's really impressed by Midge, and she sees Midge get carted off to the police station, and she's going to go bail Midge out. She bails her out. She bails her out, and then she takes her out. They go to like another bar or something like mm-hmm. that, and she's telling her that she thinks that Midge can be a comedian. Yeah. And Midge is like confused because she didn't think she was doing stand-up comedy just yeah, then. Yeah, but Susie has seen a lot of stand-up um, and a lot of acts as a person working at the Gaslight. So she she knows that Midge has the talent. She can see it. And um, she wants to work with Midge. She wants to like kind of be a manager um, and help Midge become a star. Yeah, and, and Susie has a line in there. She talks about, because they make some comment about how she's alone uh in life and says i don't mind being alone i just don't want to be insignificant Mm -hmm. kind of hinting to midge do you want to be insignificant Mm -hmm. don't you want to do something with your life that you can that you can do and Mm -hmm. 
and Midge is kind of inspired by some of this. Yeah, because you, she's never thought about this before. She kind of imagined, you know, she became a housewife. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to become a housewife. You're supposed to become a mom. And what else is there to be? She hadn't really thought about becoming anything else, even though clearly she has this natural talent for comedy. Right. And so a little bit later on, she lets Susie know that she does want to do this. She does want to be a comedian. And then mm-hmm. the next scene after that, too, we see at the police station again, Midge goes and bails out Lenny Bruce. Mm-hmm. And as she's bailing him out, well, she's he's a little confused. He's like, I thought my wife was bailing me out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, she just kind of felt drawn to go do that because she wanted to kind of ask him a little bit about comedy. Mm-hmm. I wonder how famous he was supposed to be at this time, too. It's always kind of confusing when you I do put these real people in there. I supposed to be like there. mid-level yeah. famous. Yeah. And also, I'll say, before she decides to go along with Susie's plan to become a comedian, she, she kind of like walks out on Susie when she originally suggests mm-hmm. it and goes to get a cab home and ends up finding that notebook that she'd been taking notes on right. in the back of the cab, the notes on um, Joel's set. And, and she so, had been writing some of her own jokes in there. Yeah, so she kind of sees them and thinks, oh, I did have some funny jokes. And I think she walks back to the gaslight, sees some other wannabe comedian up there performing Bob Newhart's set of com- <laughs> comedy as well. Um, and then she's kind of starting to realize, oh, maybe I am really funnier than everybody else, funnier than Joel, funnier than all these other people who are trying to do this. Maybe I really could have a career in this. So that's kind of what leads her back to to Susie to say that she's going to do it. Right. One side note, too, is all these uh, like wannabe comedians that are just knocking off Bob Newhart's jokes. <laughs> uh, they're all men because yep, this yep. is a male-dominated field. That'll mm-hmm. kind of be a running plot line throughout. Definitely. You know, because a lot of women back then weren't doing comedy. I'm not sure when Joan Rivers came out as a comedian. Um, yeah, I think it was in the 60s. And I, I'm pretty sure that the character of Mrs. Maisel is beast, at least loosely on Joan Rivers. And they talk about some other female comedians. And there is a female comedian in the series played by Jane Lynch as uh-huh. well. But no, it's a it's a big thing that she's this female comedian doing uh-huh. what all these men are doing not very well at all and yeah. she's doing it better. Uh, one thing, though, back to Lenny Bruce, she asked him toward the end of the episode here, do you do you love it? Do you love doing stand-up? And, mm-hmm. and here's his reply. I'm going to read his reply. It says, well, I've been doing it a while. Okay, let's put it like this. If there was anything else in the entire world that I could possibly do to earn a living, I would. Anything. I'm talking dry cleaners to the clan, crippled kid portrait painters, slaughterhouse attendant. If someone said to me, Leonard, you can either eat a guy's head or do two weeks at the Copa, I'd say pass the salt. It's a terrible, terrible job. It should not exist, like cancer and God. And then Midge asked, but do you love it? And he kind of uh, shrugs Shrugs. his shoulders, and it's clear that Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. He does love it. It's a tough job, but uh-huh. he he has to do it. He loves yeah. it. Yeah, and that so that for me was what felt like a little disingenuous, I guess. Like it's a little over the top, yeah. but a lot of the things in the show are over the top. Yeah, I guess it's the fact that he's supposed to be a real person, right. where I had trouble with that. But 
all in all, that was a good pilot. That's that's the end, right? Well, yeah, and then it ends with the title card where it says the marvelous Mrs. Maisel on the screen, and that's uh-huh. what I was teasing earlier in the episode. I kind of like it when the like title of the show and stuff like that doesn't show up at all oh, until yeah, the so very it's kind end. Of like the whole pilot was like um like an opening, like open. a cold open. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of exciting because it's it was cool. Yeah, sometimes movies do that too, and it's and kind it of exciting. And it leaves you excited for what's next, especially since uh, because we mentioned this was part of Amazon's pilot season. You know, we saw this pilot come out, and then it was like several months before the rest of the season came out. So right. we were really highly anticipating the release of the rest of the season yeah because i think they announced it in april that they were you know putting it out for two seasons Mm -hmm. but yeah and you've watched both seasons right yes i've only watched the first season i watched Mm -hmm. a little bit of the second season i just haven't gotten around to watching the rest of it Mm -hmm. but it was it was really good it is really good and the critics agreed too in the first season at least they won the golden globe and the emmy for best comedy and best lead actress and also the Emmy for writing and directing for the pilot and also mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actress for uh, Alex Borstein. So mm-hmm. the critics were all over it. It's a great show and it's very empowering, I would say. It's all about female empowerment, kind of. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it doesn't just have to be females. No, yeah. yeah. But I think you watch it and you feel like, oh, I could go do some comedy or I could go do whatever. You're like, oh yeah, you're pumped. And uh, so... Yeah, I think that's great. Season three, we mentioned too, that's coming out sometime in 2019. Sterling K. Brown from uh, This Is Us and from The People vs. O.J. Simpson. He's going to be added to the cast. Oh, I don't like This Is Us. I never I watched it. I did like The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Oh, man. It was really good. That's, he was really good in it. That's a good show. Mm-hmm. So, so if I were to rank this among like other pilots in general, how, how would I rank this? pilot wise i don't yeah this, this maybe is one of the best i've ever seen because it, it really does seem like if this were just like a standalone movie i would be like this is a great movie it feels very like <laughs> well crafted uh-huh. very big uh-huh it, oh yeah definitely because <laughs> sometimes pilots feel very like stripped down mm-hmm. because sometimes they're not sure if they have the funding for a whole season and that sort of stuff this yeah. is a big production yeah it's very impressive yeah, and it really is. Because we watched some of these other Amazon pilots, um, not from that section of the pilot season, but we watched some other ones, and they felt mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it's like, this could be a show. Yeah, and some, Maybe of, it won't some be. of them were very good. Some we of them were them. good. Some of the ones we liked never got picked up. There's uh-huh. one, I think it was called Sea Oak, maybe. I think Glenn Close was in it. It was real weird. It was, but it was real, it seemed real weird. And uh, no, it was cool. I think it was directed by Hiro Mirai, who directs a lot of cool TV things. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was really cool. There was another one. I can't remember what it was called, but I think it starred Bridget Everett, I think is her name. She's like friends mm-hmm. with Amy Schumer. Um, and it was about like a woman who uh, works in a house for people with uh, disabilities people mm-hmm. with down syndrome yeah we really liked that one that was too, a really cool show didn't, get picked, didn't get picked up too i wonder what happens to these shows when they don't get picked up from amazon i don't know no. oh well uh, but that's a fun thing that they used to do where they had the amazon pilot season yeah um, but even even though we really liked those ones the marvelous mrs Maisel, like just the production value seems very different from any other show really it's just very high quality yeah <laughs> yeah Oh, man. Like, they really committed to making this show. They really did. Well, mm-hmm. it worked for them because it's one of their top shows, I'm sure, because yeah. Amazon has had some hit or miss kind of originals. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that's one of the good ones and definitely worth getting some Amazon to watch it. Hey, speaking of some streaming services, next mm-hmm. week, 
we're going to be, so the last few weeks we've been going from shows set in the 80s to the 70s to the 60s to the 50s. Mm-hmm. Well, we're mixing it up next week and we're going to just uh, pick just a show that's out now and I guess it's set in like the 20 teens or whatever, but uh, mm-hmm. um, this is the first show that is kind of a current show that's still on the air that uh-huh. is not, you know, we will not have even seen all the episodes it's by the time Hulu we do original. it. It's a Hulu original. We're going to be talking about The Act. Yeah, The Act, which is based on a true story, a true crime story. It's so. exciting. Mm-hmm. We've watched probably the first two thirds of the season. Yeah. And I'm psyched to talk about The Act next week. Anyways, hey guys, this has been fun. You should follow us on Facebook at Yumi and TV, on Twitter at Yumi and TV Pod, and on Instagram at Yumi and TV Podcast, and get on to uh, Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. That would be fantastic. And check out some of our older episodes. Last week, we talked about the Wonder Years. We got a whole, we got like, this is, I think this is our like 10th episode. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah. Anyways, guys, hope you have a, have a, hope you have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Uh, bye. bye.